So Forbes Dixon is a colleague of mine. He teaches macro and microeconomics over at Northern Wake Tech. And uh, him and I have become pretty good friends over the last four or five years. And um, he's taught the last two years uh, economics over in Salzburg, Austria. And uh, I can tell you, him and I disagree on just about everything, except for how great Austria is. Yeah, like I said, uh, Forbes, Dixon, and I have become pretty good friends, uh, even though we agree on nothing except that Austria is a phenomenal place to be and live. Um, but you really get to know your colleagues as much as students on these trips. You get to learn about them. And two things I learned about Forbes Dixon. One is he's a big fan of Geraldo Rivera. It turns out that Geraldo passed us in the airport in Prague. And uh, Forbes noticed and yelled out, look, there's Geraldo Rivera. And I had really never thought that Forbes was the type of guy that would be into late 80s talk show hosts. The other thing that I learned about Forbes is that when it comes to packing a bus full of luggage, that no one does a better job than he. Uh, both him and I were tasked with finishing up packing the flex bus from Czech Republic to Vienna when the bus driver got extremely frustrated with the amount of luggage that my group had. So frustrated that he got out of the bus from the back, lit a cigarette, walked away screaming and yelling and swearing that he wasn't going to do anymore. And he had about half left. So I start handing Forbes, who crawled into the back of the bus, suitcases and everything else that the students had. And he packed it so perfect that when we shut the door, there wasn't enough room for a purse. It was perfect. So if you ever travel with Forbes Dixon, let him do your packing. Okay, I think we got Forbes on. Forbes, you there? Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing Do very well. Doing any traveling this summer? No, I have not. I am contemplating a trip to Las Vegas uh, in July okay. for a um, conference there. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. there are people traveling domestically. Just got to be careful, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, I, I whatever the, the what if I go, whatever rules they have that to make me that I so that I have to get on the plane. That's just what you have to do. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, back to better times, like uh, teaching in Salzburg two years, uh, the last two years. What did what was your impression when you got to Salzburg that first year you went with me? Uh, well, I've been before when I was fourteen. Um, my, I had an aunt and her husband moved to Germany for two years. He was, he retired as an orthodontist for, and then he, he was semi-retired. He, he took a job with the Air Force to be an orthodontist just to do it. And they lived over there for two years. So we got to go, uh, to Germany, uh, on the cheap or cheaper than it would normally be. So we went for two weeks and mm. one of the places that we visited while we were there was Salzburg. Of 
Okay. So I I kind of knew what I so I already had those memories of like of, and knew what to expect as far as like how it looked and and all that. Um, but it's you know nothing like living there for three weeks, three to four weeks. Yeah. Um. So so that part, just that being away from home, you know, if, if that was a little intimidating. Yeah. Not too bad. I wasn't like super scared or anything. About it. If, if anything, it kind of felt like a kid going to camp again <laughs> for the summer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, it was like I get to go away, and, and everybody else is going to be here in Raleigh or in the states doing whatever. But I'm going to be doing something different. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And um, you're. I, I was a little worried about the language barrier, but um, talking to you and I have, I have one of my very good friends has done a lot of traveling abroad. Um, and I was pretty, I, I, that was, I didn't worry about it once I talked to y'all because it was just like, when, if you're in the city, so many people know English, it's not a big deal. And with the technology available, yeah. Google Translate, yeah. it just gets better every year. Yeah, and I mean, you felt extremely comfortable within a day or two, even, you know, taking the bus and getting around. I mean, it, yeah. it really is an easy city to get to know. Um, yeah. Your, um, your favorite activity there is really good. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite activity on that Salzburg trip? You remember your, your favorite moment or favorite place we got to go to? Um, I think the, the, the biggest smile on my face probably came when we went down that, uh, the sleds down that mountain. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, the not the, uh, the 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 one where the Olympics were. What was the name? Of oh, that? oh yeah, um, out in Innsbruck. Meter. It was called uh, yeah, the. It was uh, called yeah. Me- Meter. Yeah, um, uh, the, the Winter Olympics of some year were there, and you can take those sleds down the mountain. I mean, I had a great time, but that going down that uh, mountain on that sled, I was like. I was, and that, that really was. That was like being a kid again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. That usually. I'm not, I'm not a daredevil at all. So right. that's that's about as close to the edge as I'm ever going to get. <laughs> Did you have any fear of heights at all taking that cable car up? I, I actually do have a fear of heights, but it's um, I have no problem flying. That, I, I don't have that big a problem flying or anything like that, or going up on a skyscraper. It's yeah. More of um going up on like a ladder or scaffolding or like that really really bothers me it, right um like it's, 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 that's, that's bad yeah. um but uh no, the cable car no i was really comfortable on that yeah i think I, I think i was even cracking jokes with you or the other instructor <laughs> or other students to like uh have fun with people who were a little more nervous yeah Tell me, tell me what you thought of teaching that economics class in such a short period of time compared to a, a regular 16-week. Uh, that was a challenge. I will say that. Um, I had to sit down and think about what are the most important things uh, that I want, want students to, to learn in the course, in this course. So there was a lot of, there's not a lot of fat in our course anyway right so i had to like even trim more um of that um I, and i was also worried about the students really uh being able to do the work in that it's one thing to have 
uh, four weeks to do a 16-week course. It's another thing to do it four weeks while you're in <laughs> in Europe um, and you have activities every day, mm-hmm. almost every day. Right. And, you know, they they want to go, when they, when they don't, when they have downtime, they want to go out and, and explore, you know, the area themselves with their friends. Right. So I was worried about them being overwhelmed. Uh, I, I, I saw, though, that that was, that I didn't need to have that worry. They they've really surpassed my expectations uh, as far as that goes of getting the work done. Because, uh, I, I mean, my course, the course I teach was uh, is macroeconomics, principles of macro. That's not the easiest subject for a lot of students. Um, it's conceptually, operationally, can be a challenge for students. Um, but peers, um, they really, really did a really good work. I think I had... Once out of 20 students that have gone with me, I think I had one. Everybody was A and A and B. I think I had one C student, and I was just without I was very proud that that student got a C. Yeah. I'm try- <laughs> yeah. Don't say names, but I'm trying to remember who that was. <laughs> I was a great student. Yeah. And had a had a really good time uh, there, and um, and but you know it was just like yeah this is. He's a C student. Yeah. You know. Um, culture in Austria compared to here. Mm. Anything that you see that you like or that you love that was different or things that you oh, didn't? Yeah. Because I, I do um, I do remember uh, you you complimenting what you were seeing in Austria just about every half hour you made some comment like, Oh my gosh or Wow. Yeah. They they really reminded me of and like when I was a kid how how people were and, and maybe it's just because you know, this is my own memory, my own experience of just how people you know, it's it's cliche, but I was just raised, you know, I'm from eastern North Carolina, so I was raised to behave a certain way right around adults and to do, you know, just certain things that you do, like opening up a door for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, or offering your seat to something. Like, I saw this all the, all over. People were just a very, they were polite, but they weren't. Yeah. They're not nice just for social graces. They're, they're, when we, okay, so when we first got there, um, Phoebe said that she described them as, um, she said, we're, you know, we're between Germany and Italy. So the Germans are very serious. They're very analytical. They're very, uh, uh, you know, they're very anal about things, and that's why they make good engineers, right? Right. Um, so the Italians are much more laid back. You know, it's like, yeah, we'll get it tomorrow. Let's have some food. Let's have some drinks. Um, you know, let's you know, let's take a nap. We'll have a big lunch and have a nap. Right. <laughs> and they're very much in the style, you know. Right. And Austria is in the middle. You know, we are analytical. We are analytical, but we also know that you have to enjoy life. We like to have good food and, and go for a hike. But you know, when it's time to be serious, time to be serious. And I really, that I really related to that and um, and resonated with that. Um, and that they, yeah, that they didn't. They are serious, but they don't really take themselves that seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that's sense. true. I didn't think of that compared 
You're right. They are in the middle. They they have more personality than the Germans. I mean, I the Germans are yeah, so they, serious, but you're right. I didn't think of that. The Austrians, I always said were serious, but they're not as much so as Germans. Yeah. They have a sense of humor. Yeah. I, I mean, Germans have a sense of humor, too, but they Austrian sense of humor is more aligned with our sense of humor. Yeah. Like, I think that they kind of get irreverence and sarcasm and uh, irony where maybe a German wouldn't. And I'm not saying that completely. Like, like there are things that I said or commented on that some of the Austrians we were with kind of cocked their head and looked at me like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, we talked about coffee one day. Right. Um, but, uh, no, I, uh, well, one, one little quick story uh, that really made me kind of it made me fall in love with the place a little bit more was I was on the bus by myself or with the trolley really these electric buses they have and um, these two uh, middle school probably what we would have in middle school or junior high so they were, these two boys were probably 12, 13, maybe 14 and they were probably 12 and they were just on the bus you know talking to each other just whatever um, and this, this the bus stopped and this elderly couple, um, I mean, elderly, like probably in their seven, got on the bus and they were slow moving. And this boy, or, or excuse me, they were standing on the bus and somebody, this younger couple got up out of the seats and got off the bus and these boys went and sat down. But as they were going, one of them noticed that this elderly couple was getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't got, he could not have gotten out of the seats fast enough to give up his seat to this older couple. And his other friend didn't notice, and he just, like, yelled at his friend. I remember he just, his name was Toby. I remember he yelled, he went, Toby! And then he, like, pointed at him, and the kid went, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, and got up and offered their seat to him. And I was like, that, I, I, you know, I'm not on the bus in America, but I, I don't, you don't see that here. No. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I was taught, I, I would see that when growing up, I think, more, but, um, that really, and kids had more autonomy like we used to have growing up. You know, they were on their own, out, uh, riding the bus on their own. So that really told me that, I mean, they, like I said, they're very serious, but they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. And you can see that in how they uh, raise their kids out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they had high expectations, but they also let them be kids too. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's a good point. What uh, what did you think of Vienna and the transportation system there? <laughs> uh, blown away. Um, I, I if if you get lost in Vienna, um, you don't need to travel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's, even if they had no English anywhere, right? You could easily find your way in Vienna. It's Everything is color coded. If you need, you know, I need to get on the green train. Right. You just follow the green path that is laid out before you to the green train. Right. And um, and yeah, and it's. I mean, everywhere in Salzburg and Vienna, and just about everywhere we went, the public, the train, the buses, and the trains are very clean and very efficient. Well, I don't know how efficient they are, but they're they're on time. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I, the, I, it was like I would I would wanted to 
I could spend all day riding that transit. And I, I would want to do it until I just got sick and tired of it. Um, but it, that was a... And everybody I've talked to has, that does that has traveled has either, when I talk, mentioned that, they said that they had heard that about Vienna or they had actually experienced it. But yeah, I, I, it's impo- I cannot... If, if you get lost in that city, I don't know what to tell you. You 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 should just stay <laughs> stay in your in your neighborhood. Yeah, so it's good. Like they're clean. They're on time. They take you everywhere. And you know, after spending yeah. five uh, the five years on a Vienna trip, uh, I honestly think I could live in Vienna over Salzburg, and that's a big statement. Um, I would visit Salzburg yeah. a lot, but I think I could prefer to live in Vienna. Uh, yeah, I uh, if you, if I had to choose, I would of the two. Honestly, I'd probably pick Salzburg. Yeah, I, and Vienna. As much as I loved it, and was really, I was really excited to get back there, and I was really excited that we were going to spend uh, two or three nights there. Yeah. Um But as far as living, yeah, I I would prefer the smaller yeah. uh, Salzburg personally. Two words uh, that I'll never forget about Vienna. One is Oida and the other one the other one is Kettlebrucka Gasa. Right. <laughs> you yeah. can't you Kettlebrook can't Gasa, yeah. Gasa. You can't forget the stop which was right by our hostel, right. the Wombat in Austria. So right. or Vienna. Yeah. Um I only remember Oida because I was told everybody said that. I never heard anyone say it. No, I heard it three times. I mean, I, I literally in the oh, grocery yeah. store, and I was like, "Wow, uh, yeah." Lucas prepared us as if that was the word that we were going to hear every other sentence. But you're right; very seldom. I am uh, a member of Vienna. I have two. What? Well, one is um, so I, I'm. I'm really. I used to be a barista. You know that. I really like coffee, and I'm. I'm not a snob about coffee, but when it comes to espresso, I really am a snob. Yeah. And. The specialty coffee scene is just not that big in Europe like it is here and other places. Um, especially, they're just so used to Italian coffee, which is fine. It's really good. But finding a specialty coffee shop like we have here was really hard. But I did, I, I found one in Vienna, and um, they could have not, they were, what the people that worked in there and that were in the shop were what, I were, more stereotypical of what Americans might think of a European. They were very rude, <laughs> very snobbish. Yeah. And uh, it's almost upset that I would even show up. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, I'm never coming back here. I was like, well, how often am I going to be there? <laughs> but everywhere else, people tend to be, you know, nice. And it, there was one, we, I got some coffee in Germany too, and the woman that gave it, she was mad at everybody, but I think she was just being really German. Yeah. <laughs> Because you had to work on a Sunday. Yeah. Not no. No. So, uh, one other question for you. Uh, what what differences did you see in your students or the group on the two years yeah. you went before, you know, when they got on the plane at RDU and then they, yeah. ca- they came home? How dramatic of a difference do you think they matured or changed? Um, as a group, it's certainly noticeable, but, you know, individually, it varies. Um, I think that the 
biggest change that I saw uh, was you had a few students that when they leave, when we get to, when we show up to at RDU to leave, um, they're much more apprehensive uh, socially, um, maybe not talking as much, or they they have found their little group, right? You know that one other person or those two or three other people that are kind of like them. Um, you know, you definitely have some that are going to be more socially awkward and introverted than others. Right. And, but when we get, you know, over the course of the two or three or four weeks, whatever it is, and, you know, you see something, you start seeing changes. It's not just in them, but the ones who were more uh, extroverted or it, uh, you see groups start to bleed into each other. Yeah. And um, when we get back, those I mean, well, you and I, the, the, one, the, the best ones are those, we had two brothers that went who never left their house. Right. Um, their parents said, and they didn't have a lot of, I don't know how many friends they had, but it's, I don't, I don't, I think if I'm remembering correctly, they said they didn't have that many, but um, they came, you know, by the, when we were leaving, they were just these really great guys. They, they talked to everybody. They had oh, yeah. really good friends. They were they were, you know, I, in the morning, I had to ride in the morning with them and on the way back for school, and they're cracking jokes with the guy who was a lacrosse player in high school and uh, having a good time, and they come back, and they're totally different. They're much more outgoing, and like you said, their parents called you or messaged you, like, what do you do? They're, they're never here anymore. They're no, always that, 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 I know who you're talking about, and we can say their name. Yeah. That's, that's Nathan and Adam Lembo, and... Okay. They yeah. are they are two of the nicest guys I can remember, yeah. and yeah, dramatic, dramatic. I didn't even think of them. Dramatic change, and yeah. Adam. And, and you know another thing, another thing too that I noticed um, is you, you know when you're around people that much at, at that age when you you know you finally if you if you're forced to spend a lot of time with a certain with some people you're going to see things in them that you've never seen before right right and those things are going to affect you for the rest of your life and seeing uh students and that's going to be good and bad you know there's there's going to be you see students that are the best of friends when they leave and they're not really good friends when they come back right and that's okay and students that you never like you said like i said you that you would never think would get along are probably not going to, people that you, you wouldn't put together, they come back and they're traveling together now. Right. But, you know, they're good friends. Right. So that was interesting to watch, uh, you know, on the outside is um, people that were, seemed to be really close, by the time they leave, they're like, oh, I'm not hanging out with her. <laughs> right. Um, they can't handle it, you know? Right. And um, I think that that affects students as well it's like wow I, I'm a lot more mature than I thought I was right or wow I, I didn't know that um, I, I could get just last uh, the last time I went we had a few students they made a day trip to go swimming at some uh, lake or pond yeah and they got lost yeah and that turned into a two hour hike through the country and she said that was the best part of my trip yeah um, and you know Seeing that kind of stuff, they were like, well, I got lost and I found my way home all by myself. Um, you know, I can, I, I, wow, I can do that. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, uh, the the Adam Lembo is the one in Prague that, well, both the brothers, I was concerned that literally they weren't going to make it. It was hot. We had that long walk from the airport airport to the hostel that wasn't yeah. air conditioned and it only was 102 degrees and I looked yeah. I looked at both Adam and Nathan and <clears throat> I said they're not going to make it and with within days and especially the first week those two became the most social outgoing yeah. uh, couldn't have had any more fun and even in my class of business 137 where it's very interactive those two were the most interactive out of the group in terms of participation yeah. so they came out of their shell and i remember a look i got from adam's mother at the airport um i think he told her mom i'm going on another one right away and she was like oh god uh like they they caught the travel bug but there was no change in any of the years more than adam and nathan yeah i gotta get i gotta get them yeah. thanks for bringing them up i gotta get them on a podcast yeah um yeah I, it's you know i i i it's, it's an experience for me i i envy them that experience that they get to have on that because i never took advantage of that kind of thing yeah. Um. Uh, when I was their age, so yeah. it was it was fun for me just to be there as a fly on the wall, you know, so to speak. Um. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, you can attest that even as an instructor, as an adult, you know, going here and doing these kinds of things. I mean, you learn stuff about yourself as well. Sure. Um. I mean, I, I certainly had my patience tested, and it got the best of me a couple of times that first year, and that was a learning experience for me. And the next year, that didn't happen. Right. It's a different group of students, but still, right. I, I, you know, I was like, all right, I learned from that, and I know what to do when when these kinds of situations present themselves again if I go back, or just in general with my students. Right. Um. And uh, and yeah, just like you said, like getting, you know, being in a foreign country and uncharted, you know, for me, uncharted territory, um, and finding my way around, it's like this. This is easy. This isn't, you know, as difficult as I wasn't. Like I said, I wasn't that scared, worried about getting around or the language barrier, but it was a, it was a minor concern, but I was just like, oh, this is easy. This isn't as difficult as I thought. Yeah. Um, you, you just build up confidence about anything you do on these trips. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. Right. So I mean, really, if you just kind of take a moment and be like, just kind of be in the moment and like, I'm here right now in this, in this, and you know, you're in the Alps or you're in this little beautiful village or, um, you know, you're, you're just at some crappy cafe that you, you know, dumb luck ended up at. And you're like, well, hey, I'm at this crappy cafe in Vienna. Right. right. <laughs> you know. Having, having the time of your life. Not a lot of people can say that. So last question. Uh, top experience overall. Was it the sled ride down in Innsbruck or was it seeing Geraldo Rivera? I remember that. I was 88. 
Yeah, that was before Springer. Yeah. Moy Povich. Yeah. Any of this like junk that we watch, it was Geraldo. And um, he's just kind of a part of Gen X pop culture, for better or worse. I mean, not even Gen X. I mean, older, like, Al Capone's vault and all that stuff. So, and he's just kind of this cartoon character that's been around for a while. With the must, and so I'm in Prague. Just we're in Prague, getting into the airport, just trying to get to the bus or whatever. And I'm walking, and just random as hell, here's Geraldo <laughs> pushing a cart of luggage beside me. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, that's Geraldo. If it had been, if it had been the president, I don't. If Barack Obama had walked by me, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I, I but I was like, Geraldo. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, just like of all the like, it just was so random. And it, 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 like if I was in New York, I probably would not have had the same reaction at all. Yeah. I, would, I know I wouldn't, but I'm in Prague, right? And he's there. It's just so weird. Well, you looked um, it. You looked it up. He was actually he. It was on social media that he was yeah. there. Oh yeah, I, I had the receipts. So I was like, nope, he's on vacation with his family. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, any, any, it's the, it's the, it's the um, aggregate of all, of all of it. It's the culmination of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, you do a trip like that, or you go on a journey like that. I mean, the journey is the experience, right? Right. It's not. Oh, it's not this one meal you had. It's it, it's the whole. It's getting there and getting back. Is the right. whole thing. Right. For me, I think the last point uh, that was really interesting was the bus ride from Prague to Vienna when we, you and I were packing the bus full of suitcases. Yeah. Uh, you oh, see, God, you, so mad. you see Czech or a Slovakian culture compared to Austrian culture. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're right next to each other, and I can tell you, sure. uh, that bus driver was livid. And he oh, yeah. he expressed that in his language to the fullest extent. <laughs> but, that was uh, being in Prague. You know, if you if you've ever studied any history, um, and, and you and I, you know, we grew up at the end, during the end of the Cold War, so that's very much in my mind um, while we're there. And I remember being in, when we got to Prague, and I'm looking at all these buildings and just how uniform they are. 
in their size and their shape and how they're painting. They're all this, they're all this this like off-white yellow color Mm -hmm. that, you know, public schools would get painted or something like that Mm -hmm. um, back in the day. And I was just like, and I had to remember, oh, this was part of that era. Like, this is a remnant of the Cold War, of communism in this country. Um, and it's still, you know, it's like, well, no matter I got to tear everything down and build it new again. No. Right. Um, so that, that, that part actually struck me when I got there. I was like, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but I was like, this is the most attractive city. Yeah. And then it dawned, was like, for, you know, communism ruled here for so long. And that's why, it, you know, and it's old, number one, but what else did you think it was going to like? But these concrete buildings that are all painted the same color. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I looked at the museum. If anybody ever finds themselves in Prague, please visit the Museum of Communism there. Oh, that's that awesome! Was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And that... again, a testament to those people that, uh, like the Austrians, they don't take themselves too seriously. But they, they're serious, but they don't take themselves seriously. Right. They're they're showing you like the horrors of that and what that did to people. Yeah. You know the death and just misery. But at the same time, and there's this snarkiness, there's this sense of humor there, and this that I really appreciated uh, in the whole museum. And you could buy a packet of communist toilet paper. No, I bought. You know? I bought the I pins. Mean, it's like, yeah, and there was a quote in there that said, "We need to be able, you know." Uh, it really, it really touched me because it was. It, they, there was something in there that said, "You have to be able to forgive." Yeah. And laugh at yourself. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, they, they went through something that I will never, I probably will never go through. Well. Um, you, and you, then they can look at it that way. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, you, you should have went with me back in 87 when I was there with Salisbury yeah. College as a student. I mean, Prague streets. I, I can't were, imagine. Well, the streets were empty. There were There was no... Yeah. It was even gray and cold the whole time we were there. Now, it was in November... But you talk about people just kind of walking around like robots. Yeah, I mean, my dad went to um, Soviet Union uh, in the eighties. It was before uh, that famous ballet dancer uh, defected. I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't some, know. It was some Russian ballet dancer who was world famous, and he defected the United States. Um, but anyway, my dad went then with uh, his mother and I think a gr- another group of people, and um, just to go, he wanted to see it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, and so I can only he can only tell me like his stories about that, but it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really um, I'm a, I was sitting there in the museum with a student. I, I wanted to go, and I bumped into some students. I said, "I'm going to the museum of communism." And one of my students said, "I want to go with you." So I said, "Sure, yeah, come on." And we're walking through and we're reading this stuff and it's shocking. Uh, I mean, I already knew a lot of this or knew what to expect, but it, it's still kind of shocking when they, you see the pictures and you see the numbers. Um, but then there's, again, there's just this sarcasm that they present it with and I'm laughing in this museum. And I said, you, I said, you, you notice how we're laughing at this stuff and they, they're kind of taking this sarcastic tone Right. You won't see that when we get to Germany and they're presenting their history. Right. It'll be very somber and serious. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, it's, it's really a big difference in how they approach it. Yeah. 
Well, I think uh, we're running out of time, but uh, certainly appreciate you jumping on and reminiscing about the Salzburg trips. And hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll all be going back in the years to come or next year. We don't know yet, but um, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, have a good week, and uh, thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, Forbes. So Forbes uh, did a great job in his first two years teaching students abroad. And uh, after the interview, I think you can uh, 100% assume that he's a big, big fan of Austria. So you've been listening to Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel. My name's Jeff Myers, and stay tuned for some upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm.